Hello, welcome to the BQ Unit Brother podcast this week. You join me, Gregor, and my brother, Jamie, this week. Now, we're talking about travel. Our special guest has been to 17 countries. He's been out of the UK for three years, and he's also been on 32 plane journeys. So who we have on this week has a lot of authority and experience within travel. And his main thing, his main takeaway about traveling is there's a whole world out there. So let's introduce our guest this week. This is Callum McEwen. In fact, our brother. Welcome, Callum. How are you feeling? Good. I've been just so good. <laughs> um, I would say thanks for having me on here. This is my first time in memory of being here. Even though I've just been informed, this is my second time doing it. Um, I've also been out of the country of the UK for two years and eight months. And I've been on 32 plane flights. There's a whole world out there. <laughs> well, thank you, Callum, for coming back on. Obviously, great to see that you will give you a good memory of uh, being on the first time. Um, but right. great to have you back and nice to sort of have the brother to have a conversation with. But let's get started obviously, into the travels. There's a lot of places you've been through. We've done, you've done a lot of holidays, Callum. You've done a lot of stuff as a family. We've been lucky enough to go quite a few places. You've been lucky enough to do quite a few stuff with your friends throughout your uni experience. Can you tell us about your recent travels? Obviously, you're a brother. You used to be in the UK, and then you've been away for now two years and eight months. What was the uh, reason you moved, and what countries did you go to um, throughout that journey? Well, it all started back in high school, where I learned how to ski. Um, since then I was at the Fur Park Ski Centre learning how to ski just about every week and eventually got into the advanced class where you end up doing like an instructor teaching course um, from there I was going on my ski trips with the school, high school where we went to Italy and I got the Interski Ski Scholarship woo, yeah, I know right um, then from there I basically became a level one and two ski instructor, um, which meant that when I went off to university, I was able to start teaching at the local dry ski slope in Aberdeen. Uh, shout out to Aberdeen Snow Sports. Um, then uh, basically from skiing the, on dry skis all the time, I wanted to like ski on snow, like do a season. So I decided to go to Japan, where I ended up meeting... I went to Japan for ski season to work six months there. So I left December 2018. Did my six months there and met Jen, who is an Australian. We ended up getting together and started dating. Then we went to the Philippines together and did a month of traveling there. And after that, the deal was sealed. Uh, I came back to the UK, saved up for my visa and flight for Australia, and then moved out July 2019. Uh, to be with Jen, and now I'm in Australia, and then COVID, and now we're now we can't leave. Essentially, makes sense. Well, it sounds fascinating. Now, you've been to many countries. If you were to go back to one, one country only, which one would you want to go to next? Uh, I would love to go back to Japan just for the culture, the skiing, the snow there is amazing. But just like. You wouldn't, I wouldn't go there just for the snow. I would go there for the whole of Japan, like just to see other parts of it. It's just like, it's an amazing country to go to. And it lives up to, and I feel like I've got 
two different perspectives of it from one being living in the ski season up in the Seko of you get more of an understanding of like Japanese culture when you're actually there working with them um, and also when I was in Tokyo where you kind of like you get the tourist side of it as well um, I just feel like there's just way more in Japan and way more unique things there than any other country I've been to is that was there a lot of cultural uh, differences that you notice that that makes you want to go back or is it just in general everything yeah so there's just like huge cultural differences in terms of like the working aspect in terms of like it's very much like an honor system like uh, you you respect your superiors no matter what but then there's the whole culture side of where like it's a very trusting country like if you say you're this then well you are that like uh I remember going to a vending machine and there was a vending machine in the middle of the street selling cigarettes and alcohol. And you can let you go up to it, put your money in and you've got a pack of cigarettes or you've got your alcohol. And it's kind of like that would that would not work in any other country because kids would just abuse it, you know? But in Japan... Oh, as in kids would be able to go up and just pay? Yeah. If a kid had money, they could go up to this vending machine? Yeah, and buy cigarettes or their drink, whatever they want. Wow. Um, and it's just because it's a trusting country, people, they just allow it. And there's also, you can, no matter where you walk in Japan, there's always a vending machine in sight. Like, you can walk down the street, and you think you've just, you walk past one vending machine, and before you've lost sight of that one, there's another one just there. And the, the culture is, like, all, it's all about, like, mastering whatever your profession is so like if you work in a ramen shop your your profession is mastering cooking the ramen you can just imagine that no matter what ramen shop you go to they're all amazing like it's just unreal the quality of the foods like even even just like the even a burger shop like you think the uk or america would have great burgers japan has amazing burgers as well because they're very much about like i need to perfect this burger for my customers you know like it's just unreal like i would highly recommend going okay cool that's really interesting to sort of but do you, do you think it's um is a negative aspect to that as well like it's all industrialized like you've, you people people once you're in something it could be people could be doing something that they don't actually love but because of their culture they feel pressured into that well i never really experienced that side of it um, I was in a ski time where most of the people I worked with were uh, like foreigners. So like everyone wanted to be there to ski anyway. And it was only six months. So kind of like when you're done, you're done. Like you wait till next year and you're by next year, you're already excited for it. Um, there is a, there is a burnout culture. Yeah. There is a burnout culture in Japan where like you see a lot of the people who are there are like, oh, I need to do more hours or like you can say to them it's time to leave your shifts over and they're like oh please sir can I do more hours like to impress you like uh, Jen's probably the best person to speak about it she actually worked dominantly with Chinese uh, with the Japanese in her restaurant she was at we need to get Jen on as a guest that'd be quite interesting actually uh, I, I thought I asked you there is that your best trip and a question was why but I think we need to know why apart from the culture and what else you experienced there 
is, is that your best trip or do you have other it was the people as well like being there like um mm-hmm. just being stuck around with other people who enjoy skiing not jen no nah, she can wait um uh she was just a she was just a good highlight <laughs> she's not here it's fine um <laughs> It was just, just a great time. Like you were, you just get such good friends with the people you're working with because you're all working together, and then you got your accommodation where like you're all together again. It's like you got six months to get to know everyone, and it's there's so many people there that you can like jump around all the different groups or start making friends with different people, and it's just every day is different. Um. Yeah, I can completely relate to that, Calum. Um, with uh, when I went to the, my camp America, obviously summertime you were sort of out in your own travels. Um, that experience of being short period where you just know you're only there for a certain amount of time, you just kind of make the most of it. Like, and you got to know some people. Like, you probably got really good friends from that. I've now got really good friends from that, and um, definitely you'd recommend probably to other people. What? That's a yes. Uh, Callum, yes. If you is there anywhere that obviously you've been to a lot of countries, is there anywhere that you would like to go that you haven't been to? I would like to go to like I've been to North Italy for the skiing, but is the skiing region in Italy is very similar to like France, where you're in the Alps, so it's kind of like there might be a few cultural differences, like they speak Italian, one speaks French, the food might be slightly different, but it's generally like the same, same. Um, I feel like if a French or Italian person heard that they would like strangle me, but like I really want to go down more like south of Italy, um, to see what more they have to offer and like their food, their culture, like uh, even like their cities and architecture and all that kind of stuff. Would love to see more of that, um, because one of the main things like just from traveling a lot of Europe is that I've been to Portugal, Spain, France, um. Budapest and you can see a transition between them all as you go across it um, where there's that more Mediterranean style in Portugal where if you go to Spain it's still slightly Mediterranean but it's more of like a French influence as well like in terms of like architecture and food then you go to Italy or France where it's it's got its own distinct style again where you've got your chateaus um, and then you travel more east where you've got your Bulgaria and Prague where it's it's another different style but there's a, there's a transition phase between all of them where if you went to Budapest then um, Portugal you'd be like all oh, these are completely different but having those dots between the way you can see where you can see like a you can see where the change is happening across Europe. Like it's not just each country is its own individual thing. Each country influences each other. But obviously the further away they are, the less influence they have, but you can see how it transitions, which is which was like really for me it was really interesting and cool to see basically having that experience of going from across Europe. You know? And that wasn't just like one trip going across, that was like multiple trips like going back and forth in different holidays. Um, so that's one place I would like to see is the same with like, yeah, and same with um, Croatia. I'd love to go there. We we might be going to Poland at some point. 
because our Polish friends here are having a wedding and they'll be having it in Poland, so we're going to go see them. Greece, love to see Greece. Um, Canada for the skiing in there, either going to like Big White or one of the mountains. And for something closer to Australia, probably be Thailand or Vietnam. Just from what Jen said, she's traveled most of Asia and just she's wrecked. That's what she will go back to. So I'm like, all right, you want to go back there? We'll do it. It must be good. <laughs> now, is there a place that you would regard as the worst place you've been to? England. And why? <laughs> um, uh, well, it's more of a, a joke for the Scots to say, oh, the English. Um, also, there's some nice parts in there, like a... The north of England, when you're near Scotland, so that's 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 all right. We got a lot of Scottish influence. Um, no, but I've not really not really spent a whole little time in England, uh, mainly on purpose, just to avoid it. Much rather go somewhere else, you know. Give us your worst. Give us your give us your worst story. Uh, it was probably probably in the Philippines where where we, we took the bikes. And um, we rode into the mountains somewhere. We're in this like tiny little village. Jen knows the story. She just gave me a look of like a big massive grin. She knows what's about to happen. Uh, we're essentially in this tiny little village, taken down to like these waterfalls and a little pond. I needed to go for a poo, so they took me to the villagers' toilet, where essentially it was a bucket with a hole in the bottom. And you shit into the bucket, and then I was like, oh okay, like. I need to find the toilet paper now. And I looked around in this tiny little toilet and I was like, I couldn't see anything. And I put my head out to the locals and I was like, do you have toilet paper? And they kind of just pointed to a hose. So I was just like, how am I going to hose my ass clean in this tiny little room without it getting everywhere? Because if you're if you're crouching where your knees are higher than your ass, it's, it should be okay because you can spray it and it'll just drip off your ass. If your ass is slightly higher than these, it's just going to spray off your ass and run down your leg and down your poop. I was like, this is a nightmare. Like, I don't know how to get out of this. And I was having the worst time ever. So I had to, like, position myself with one hand behind me, legs up in front of me to make sure my ass was lower than everything else because there's no way I was risking it. And I don't want to splash back on the holes to get my feet or clothes or anything. So I got my feet up in the air and I look like I'm about to give birth. Um... I had one hand with the hose splashing underneath me trying to clean myself and I really didn't want the hose water to splash off my ass and to land on my hands. I'm trying to angle it to make sure I'm getting a good clean and I've got one thumb over there in the hose to like make sure it sprays into me but like you know what it's like for your thumb over a hose it kind of just goes anywhere at once. Oh I hate that and I got out of there and I was just I was in the mood for the rest of it um, and when I eventually told Jen about it, she she thought it was the best story ever. She's even got a grin now when I'm telling about it. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. That is, that's a, it's a story to tell anyone, though. That's funny. That's a good one. That's a good story to, to tell. Uh, it's, in terms of, obviously, um, that's sort of like quite a, you know, a good story to tell. Have you got a particular favourite one? Obviously, you're going to tell us something alone, but like you want to hold it back. Is there a place that you've had like the best you've got the best story there was a one story most of my good stories are from like 
ski trips where one was like my old ski instructor was saying that um, they were out in the snow and this woman went into a port cabin to go to the toilet. Oh, there's a lot of toilet schools in here, isn't there? <laughs> That's lying. Um, and she came back out, went into her jumpsuit on, put her hood over, hood went like this, and a poo went flying out. Um, <laughs> that's one story. Um, another one is just from like the ski trips. Like uh, when I was in Japan, me and my roommate Sam, we were in Yonsen in our hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Decided to get over that poo <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you were saying, Carl? Uh, <laughs> Neil found myself <laughs> 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 uh, All your stories, totally. So, me and my family, Sam, were in the onsen, and in the onsen in Japan, like, you're, you're basically naked for the whole thing. And we decided to jump out the window into the snow and like jump back in again. That was pretty fun. But the better time was when we had our final party in Japan where um, we were banned from using the onsen at the hotel where all our customers were. And we had our party outside the hotel in the Seko village. With the onsen at the hotel where we were working, um, we were not allowed to use it all year because the previous year, some of the staff members decided to go into the onsen when they were allowed to go in the onsen, they were allowed to go in, but one of them decided to go into the onsen into the koiku, which was attached. So you had the men's and females onsen and the koiku in front, and then on the far side was like a snowbank. And what he did is he went in from the males into the koiku, swam to the snowbank. At this point, you can see both sides. Then he decided to swim back into the men's, and then we got banned from we got banned this year from doing it. So on our party, which we had on like the last week um, in the Seco village, which is attached to the hotel, like a shopping center, we, I got back to the hotel where everyone else was. And I said, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go into the onsen and see what, how good it is. Cause I've not been in all year. We've been banned. And I was like, I may as well do it now. What are they going to do? Kick me out. Um, so I went in and I was with Luke, one of the other ski instructors and I went, you know what, let's go in the koi pool as well. So jumped over the fence, start naked, swam into the koi pool, went over maybe like swam 50 meters to the snowbank, lay there in the snowbank for like maybe like 30 seconds because it's freezing. Like you can imagine how much snow there is during Japan, like mid season. Swam back through the koi pool, went back to the onsen and just chilled. Um, eventually, I don't remember getting out, but I remember waking up in the hotel lobby with a Japanese man tapping my shoulder, him saying, your bus is here, you need to leave. <laughs> um, so at this point, I finally make it back to the accommodation where everyone's like, where the hell have you been? We've been wondering where you got to. And I was like, oh, I just went for just went to the onsen. No, no big. So that was a, a good story, wasn't it, Jen? Is there not a, a particular drink in a drink in Japan, Calm, that's renowned for having events? Uh, Chuhai. Uh, they are lethal in the sense of that you can get different strengths of 3, 5, 7, and 
does it go up to 15? Mm -hmm. It's 15%. And it's not until you get to the 15%, you actually start tasting the alcohol. So you can be drinking, yeah, they're really sweet. And you can be drinking 9% true high, like can, like almost like a can of beer. And it's so sweet, you can just down it. And next, you know, you're, you're with it with the fairies. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. there's also um, sake bombs as well. So on payday, like every month, what we do, we went down to the local pub, um, which was like maybe five-minute journey from the hotel where we were working. And what you do is you get a pint of beer, two chopsticks on top, and you put a shot of sake on top of the chopsticks. And then you start chatting, you're banging the table, and then the sake shot sips and falls into the glass, and you're racing your mates to down it as fast as you can. Okay. <laughs> so kind of like a drinking game. Yeah, it's a good drinking game. Nice. Cool. Um, and on your travels, obviously, uh, you'd have met a lot of different people, Calm. Is there any sort of particular people that you remember or on your travels quite fondly? I mean, like, why, why do you remember them? Jen? I remember her. She was a weird one. You like Scottish people. Um, yeah, do you want to come here and help? Um, well, the Germans, the Dutch, they love to travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Canadians as well. British like to travel as well. Come, you're on a podcast. No one. <laughs> Come on, you're talking to us. Nobody, Jen. <laughs> um, uh, what was the question? Can you repeat it? Okay, we'll do that section again. Have you got an answer? What was the question? <laughs> Okay, is there any people on your travels that you fondly remember and why? Okay. Oh my god, okay. Um <laughs> many uh with with the <laughs> um, you... <laughs> Do you remember when we went to um Dominican Republic where we met is it Georgia was her name? Um, I don't know. We went on a holiday, and then we went on another family holiday, and we met her again. Oh yeah, we went to Lanzarote, so we're in Dominican. And... Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And Lanzarote. We met the same chick twice. That was weird. Um, there was also that time when we were in Amsterdam when we met Otto. Remember Otto? Oh yeah, yeah, blonde haired. Yeah, blonde haired Dutch guy. Don't know why he was friends with us, but yeah. he was friends with us for a short period of time. Um. Bigger memories are probably the people from Japan, just because I got to spend six months with them. One of them being my roommate, Sam, who is just an absolute riot. Um, he knows, it was good because like, he knew when, he knew how to chill, which was great because it means like when you get back to the room, you can just easily just chill with him and just have an easy night. But when it came to partying, he knew how to party. Like it was just like full on, everything goes there's no no's, it's all do, all yes. Um, so it was just like whenever we had the party like for our payday or it was a big event, it was just like he was just orchestrating mayhem. And it was just like you know you're just going to come in with a great night. Um, another good person we met 
on hold and the, the ski chip ski season was probably Jade. Uh, she just a lovely girl from Kent, lovely person to be with, and great friend. We actually went traveling around the Philippines with her for two weeks when we were there, and just great company. If you're ever on holiday, get Jade to go with you. Lovely. So talk about going on holiday, planning trips. Uh, you know, talk about something to go with, visa situations you've had to go through. Do you have any like tips for people looking to plan to go away? Um, probably find a place you want to go, which could be the hardest one because there is so many countries out there. Um, you have got your whole life to go on trips wherever you want to go. So don't feel like the first place you go to has to be perfect. It just has to be. It just has to be somewhere where you're interested in. Like, if you're trying to decide where to go in Europe, you can let you just pick France, Spain, Italy. Like, you can pick any of them, and you're going to have a good time because there's always going to be enough stuff there for you to do. Um, which goes into the next point is is finding out what's there. So, if you're if you're going to a city, you're pretty much guaranteed to have enough stuff there to do compared to if you went to the countryside where if you went to like say the south of france you'd have to be a bit more particular where you're going because if you're on one side where there's not much activities or things to do you might struggle keeping yourself entertained unless you're looking for just like an easy chilled holiday um so best thing to do is maybe just like research online find out what's in the area for you can for you to do and generally if there's one big attraction in the place there's going to be more letter of things to do to get like entertainment to like tourists um so don't just feel like just because there's one thing there do you feel like the places you've been to have been a result of other people sort of planning or do you feel like you can you know you went to japan because you know it's a nice place to go but my my inlook or outlook on on your thing is like when you go on ski trips or when you've gone abroad you've gone with friends family uh school uh these you've gone away to work and all these situations are like um you know other people you don't know other people have helped you plan it is that helpful or do you feel like you've done a lot of the grunt work and my point is like well how far did you get basically did you feel like you've done a lot of the work and research and figure out where to go or are you pretty much tagging along figuring out what other people are doing and i'll be like oh that sounds fun i'll come well, most of the trips I've been on, I've been with the skiing, where it's kind of like you're going there to ski, so it's kind of like your week's activities is pretty much sorted out. But when you we went to Budapest, we knew we were going to a city, so you are you have got that security of knowing that there's things to do, and it's a famous city, which helps in knowing that there's things there to do. Because if you're if it's a non-famous city, you might struggle with finding things. And um, but like when we got there the best thing you can do is either just get on your Google Maps and like search for activities or to grab one of the local brochures where they might have more details in there and you can just go through them or even just go out and go for a walk and um, and just see what comes up. Who did you go to Budapest with? So that was with uh, Paul, Robert, Ross and Paddy, uh, basically other engineers on my course. So we had a... a Pretty fun time over there, having having fun in the city. Who decided on Budapest? Because there's a whole, you know, was it just a cheap flight? Cheap flight, cheap accommodation. 
I think that was it. That's what I was going to sort of ask him in terms of obviously booking things, and there's obviously you've done plenty of breaks with um, outside being family now. Have you got any websites or places that that you went on to, to book things that like you found that are really useful? So like the audience might be able to use, or you'd recommend sort of going to. Google Flights is really good for finding cheap flights out there. Same with I know the pilot, um, that's a good blog or website to follow as well. Just keeping when you know you're you've ready to travel, you got two options. There's a either you've got a place you want to go and see, where, and you know you got time to do it, where you plan and organize and you save up for that event, or you start saving up and you wait for an event to appear where a cheap flight appears or cheap accommodation appears, then you go for it. One is obviously more spontaneous than the other, but it doesn't take away from the value of traveling. Um, obviously, for me right now, if we're wanting to travel, um, our first destination will probably be come back to Scotland where it will be an organized trip where we know where we want to go and we know the times we want to go and it will all be planned in advance compared to when we booked Budapest. It was like, okay, we've got the money saved up. It's the end we finished our exams where is a cheap place. Like we were looking all over Europe to find a cheap place to go to with accommodation and Budapest came up and that's why we went there. It wasn't like we decided, oh, let's do Budapest. It was more of, oh, there's a good deal. Let's go. And because you're going to a city, you know there's going to be enough activities for you to do there. So definitely it's, it's not, um, it's, you've, you've basically seen throughout your whole life, you've made it, it's, it's available to everyone. Just, depends what what you're looking out for because obviously going to Australia is such a big trip you've had big expense with obviously the visa which I would like to find out a little bit more about that but it's obviously even if you've not got a lot of money you can still save and go on these sort of city breaks yeah I mean even if you want to do like your working holiday working holiday visas are relatively cheap for how long you actually get to go out for and the other benefit is that when you do get there you can work so a lot of people come to Australia for working holiday visa for the basis that they get to travel around Australia for the whole year and they get to work at the same time so you kind of get more involved in the culture. Like um, there's a big difference between going on holiday and working in the country. And when you're doing a working holiday, it's kind of like it's the best of both for us where you are on holiday, but you're also there for a longer period of time where you can work, it gives you something to do and gives you more excitement to go and do things because you can. it gives you more time to plan when you get there because one of the biggest things, unless you're a, like an anal planner, when you do get to some places, there might be so, like there might be a few activities or things that only the locals know, and until you get to know the locals, you won't know it exists, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I guess you could, uh, I just want to jump in there, is that, you know, you're going to wait this weekend. Yeah. Right? And, you know, traveling isn't always jumping on a plane. Yeah. Well, for us, this, we're, we're going down south to the, the National Park, which is south of Sydney. And we're essentially walking through the National Park, camping the night in National Park, waking the next day, hike down the rest of it, and we'll get in the car and drive back home. And to me, that's seeing a new place in Australia. Like, um, if 
you guys were to fly across Australia, you would have to pick maybe one or two destinations where to go to. And if you want to visit another place, it would have to be maybe next year when you saved up for it again. For me, the benefit of being here is that if I want to go and see a new place, we can. Like when we moved up to Sunshine Coast in Queensland, we visited several places on the way up and then we visited several places on the way back down. And we've also been on holidays within Australia to visit more places on top of that. Like just going going on holiday is not necessarily leaving the country. It could be going to a different part of the country, which in the UK is a bit weird because it's like you travel two hours in or three, four hours, you've, you're already out of the country. Like you're in England or you're somewhere else. But it's just, it's... Like, even if you, it could be like you guys going to Glasgow for a weekend trip, like you'll get to see a lot more in Glasgow than you would if you just went for the day trip. Like you get to experience the night culture or the nightlife. You're going to wake up and you go to like a cafe in the morning, you know, you get, you have all day to go to the museum or to do multiple activities compared to if you just went for the day where you get to do one, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think like the perfect example is obviously that we've all tra- done a good bit of traveling as well. Like me and Gregor did our, our America trip, which if you want to listen to that, go back a few episodes and you can listen to our previous uh, bits on our sort of trips around America. But um, yeah, there's always plenty of things out there to go and see and do in different cities. But Cam, what I want to do is in the last, obviously COVID, we've had a tough sort of time where you've we've not been able to get out to see you. Um, things have obviously been strict, um, obviously in the last couple of years with what you can do. How much have you missed sort of traveling? Or do you think you would have done a lot of traveling in the two years if there wasn't? Well, I've already done a bit of traveling. In the past two years in Australia, I've been to Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, Byron Bay, Coffs Harbour, Noosa Heads, Brigate Island, Edinburgh Falls, Nelson Bay, Newcastle, Hunter Valley, Scone, Orange, Wollongong, Kayama, Hutchinson, 15 places in the past two years. So... Wow. It's not like I've traveled. How how many places have you been to in the past two years? <laughs> <laughs> another another room in the flat. <laughs> uh, it's obviously very different. And do you feel like because you're there now, you you know if you didn't if you didn't travel Australia, you you lose. It seems like you've got the bug basically. You like exploring these new yeah. places, and travel is like part of you now. I feel like it always has yeah. been, but do you feel like like I can't picture life without? going to see new places and new culture yeah i mean we at the moment we're trying to save money to get like a house um and all that kind of stuff but we're going on this camping trip where we where we bought a new where like our biggest purchase was is either going to be be on the fuel to get there but that'd be like 60 dollars for there and back um and uh sleeping back a sleeping did we get a new sleeping bag yeah, we did. We got a new sleeping bag. Um, audience, if you haven't realised, Callum has a. If you haven't realised, Callum's got his missus in the background and likes to liaise with her throughout the, the this call. <laughs> I just like to give you accurate facts, and my memory is not the best, but I know somebody has got good memory. So, like for this camping trip, we bought a new camping sleeping bag, and we bought mats as well, and a stove burner, and also that makes the camping trip expensive, but. If we were to go on several camping trips this year, well then the, the prices of those items go down each time. 
You know, if we did two championships, that means that championship costs half as much. If you're going three, it's a third of the cost, you know, where the biggest expense is maybe the food that we're buying when we're there. But I mean, you have to eat food anyway. It's not like you can get away with not eating. So Cam, the, the last question we have for you for the episode is, um, obviously Australia is a massive country. As you said, you've been to like 15 places, but stayed in the same place pretty much. Well, no, I've been to Queensland. If you, if you pick up a map and you see the whole of Australia, We've been to like this side here. Okay. And would you say it's too far? So the, the question I have is, is Australia too far or too big to travel to other countries? Like obviously for us, if we want to come, we're you're, are you to come back here? You're 24 hours to get back and forth. So did you find Australia too far? Uh, well, obviously it's the opposite side of the world for Scotland to Australia. But if I was to travel to somewhere else, it'd be... You guys have Europe on your doorstep. I've got Asia and New Zealand on my doorstep. Like you wanted to travel to Thailand, that's a very long flight for you to get there. If I was traveling to Thailand, it's only a couple of hours. If I want to go to New Zealand, it's a couple of hours. For you, it's halfway around the world. If you want to go to Japan, you're looking at 12 hour trip. For me, maybe like five hour trip. So it's like, yeah. opposite side it's of the world, relative. I've got different, yeah. It's like I'll say Europe is a lot closer and you can get an hour flight and you can be just about anywhere in Europe that you want to be. Like I have got a longer journey to get to another country, but I have got other countries within my region that are closer to me than they are to you. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think we've pretty much covered a lot of good travel topics, understood Callum's funny stories. I'm sure there's many more that we'll have you on to explain in future episodes, Callum. But I'd just like to say thank you for coming on your own podcast the McCune Brother podcast. You've made an appearance again, which is great. And yeah, thank you for spending your Saturday morning with us. It's all right. Yeah, thank you, Cal. Thanks for coming on. Um, to finish it off, Cal, let's, let's, what's your one last tip for anyone that's wanting to travel or has never traveled before? What's your one last tip for our audience? Just do it. Like, don't, like, if you were thinking about going for a trip, well, just look at a flight, find a place, um, look for accommodation and just do it don't just you'll be fine like sometimes the best thing you can do is pick get a map of places you want to go and just be like there and just pick the nearest city if it's your first trip pick a pick a city to go to you're pretty much guaranteed to have enough things to do or if you like particular activity go to a place that's famous for the activity like if you like skiing go to the alps if you like surfing go to a place that's famous for surfing if you like asian food go to thailand <laughs> like if there's something you enjoy there's going to be a place that has is going to be dedicated to great well thank you um hope you guys have enjoyed this episode bit of an odd one cal on the other side of the world has early morning or late night but um it's been great to have you on cal and uh we'll see you all next week see you next week i'll see you guys